Welcome, you are listening to Links at Bain & Gray, a catalogue of podcasts centred on all things business support in the workplace. Our aim is to bring you interesting and relevant content that will keep you up to date and thriving in your role. Good morning to the wonderful jo- um, Joy. Welcome to Links Presents. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Joy, I've been dying to get this uh, podcast in the day di- in the diary for a very long time. Um, you've had an amazing career to date, and I feel like you're only really at the beginning in a funny way. Um, and your CV and your experience today is so relevant to our audience, um, and I think especially graduates, um, to sort of follow your pathway. I mean, in, in, in summary, you did a marketing degree. That's right, isn't it? Correct, yes. And that then springboarded you into your first marketing role. And then I'm really interested to know how we then became, well, operations executive executive assistant working for an ultra high net worth so that's really what I want to focus on today if that's okay with you absolutely yes well let's start at the beginning tell me about your degree and um what you studied and how it sort of how it rolled out when you're at university yeah so I went to university and studied management and marketing and I think when I originally went obviously I was very set that marketing was the career path for me and I was at university I spent a lot of time being involved in companies like Unilever um their headquarters used to be quite close to where I studied in Leatherhead so um spent a lot of like days there doing skills days and training days and I was very sure that FMCG was the industry for me. Either oh, wow. Unilever yeah. or P&G was the, yeah. my absolute dream and aspiration when I was at university. And then that all changed when I went and did my year in industry, which I did at Bentley Motors. Yeah. Spent a year up there. And it was a very corporate environment. And it really changed my view on what I wanted to do. Um, you, I just felt like such a small cog in a big machine yes. there. It was the kind of idea that if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, that nothing would happen. You know, my role sure. be replaced and sure. nobody would even sure. notice kind of thing. Yeah. So it really changed what I wanted to do. And there were just so many layers of management and you couldn't really have a huge impact there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it kind of threw me a little bit when I got back to university for my final year. And I ended up actually going into buying at Selfridges just by chance. Was that what I was going to say? Was that by accident or? It was. It yeah. was by accident. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I had an opportunity to come up there and I absolutely loved it. I really enjoyed the buying side of it and the categories. I was buying homeware. And I loved it. Was this, a brilliant manager. Sorry to interrupt, but was this just before or during COVID? This was before, before COVID, um, uh, just before. And then I was uh, working remotely as well there. And yeah, the first first few months, brilliant. um, And buying was really interesting in that the actual buying of the product and the research was great fun. But Mm. a lot of the time is spent on Excel, a lot of time (laughs) staring at everything. (laughs) That bit was less fun. Um, And that is actually how I then decided to go into PA work. I just wanted a complete change of scene and where every day was different. And how did you make that transition from going from a sort of buyer's administrator to a PA? Yes. Uh, So I obviously reached out to a recruitment firm in the sector and that's how I got my first role. Um, I think my administration skills obviously help. It's a lot of crossover and things that I'd done previously that kind of lent itself to PA work. Um, So it was just a case of, yeah, saying I wanted to change. They were saying, you know, I'm not sure if this is right for you. You know, do you realise like, what, what being a PA entails? Um, but I was very sure that I wanted to change. And yeah, it was quite quick from once I made that decision to actually go and, into my first role. And did you find that through an agency or was that through your own networks? It was through an agency, a recruitment agency. 
Oh, good for you. Because sometimes people can be quite um, blinkered clients mm-hmm. when they're looking at someone's CV, when they've got a different role, when they are looking for a PA. So that's that was a great opportunity for you to sort of go sideways and then sort of hone your skills. So that, that that's yeah. great. Congratulations. And was this working in a commercial environment or in a home, this particular role? This is working in a home. So it was a private yeah. family home, which was a shock to say the least. I think <laughs> quite a big change. I think I went from an office environment, which was lovely and it wasn't a huge office, but it was a nice team to being by yourself in a family home. And mm. it was a big change and a bit of a shock to the oh. system, I think. Um, when I started, there was a housekeeper and there was a nanny as well. Oh. And I think within a few weeks of me starting, the nanny had left. So it was oh. me with two uh yeah two principals I guess and then their daughter as well and it was a lot it was a little bit crazy fire I'm sure it really was and I did think I did question many times have I done the right thing (laughs) what have I done giving up my my career in buying to come here Um, yes yeah it was a big change and were you then responsible for the recruitment for your for your principal? So did you, did you then, one of your first roles was have to obviously find the nanny, replace the nanny? No, that th- right? there was no replacement nanny. It, that kind of, I kind of absorbed that as well. Which oh was, my goodness me. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely put me off working with uh, families with children, it's that way. <laughs> <laughs> you clearly get lumbered with everything because you just, you're good at everything. Um, <laughs> so was that a challenging role? Apart from obviously it was new, um, getting to grips with the role. Um, and like you say, it can be very lonely working in a private house um and if yeah. you don't have a network of PAs around you even more so so what did you sort of learn from that experience what did you take away from that I took away a lot I think uh, looking back now I would have done things very differently with the experience that I have I went in and I said yes to everything you know they'd ask me to do something of course I'll do it you know and my yeah. workload was just through the roof because you know, one person would give me something to do and then the next person would give me extra work to do, not knowing what everybody had on my plate. And I would just say, yeah, of course I'll do it, of course. Yeah, and I yeah. was drowning to start with. And um, I think now I would obviously know to set set boundaries, not boundaries, boundaries, but kind of a mm. plan in place, you know, and I'd be confident yeah. enough to say, hang on a minute, yes. I, I don't have the capacity for that. Yes. Um, whereas at the time I just, I just didn't have that confidence. Do you know, that's such a common answer. Weirdly, I've just read something very similar about another very experienced um, celebrity PA. And she said, I wish I'd known how to say no and when to say no. And I think you learn on the job and you learn the hard way. And it's not something someone can teach you. I really think that it's something that you gauge um, through the process of being an EA. Um, So what made you decide to leave that role and then move to another more commercial private PA role? Would that be right? Describing Um, Yeah, slightly more commercial. Yes, I left that role because it was just so unstructured. Um, Uh I was just doing everything and anything. And again, I'm a yes person, so I'm a people pleaser. So I just say, yeah, I'll do it. Of course I will. And yeah, it was it just got out of hand. So I left there and went to work for um yeah, because I a private family office that had a charity element to it. So um yeah, a little bit more commercial. I had a team around me which was lovely. Yeah. Um the team didn't last long there, but it, <laughs> when I started I had a team. Um, <laughs> Is that because of the environment? The environment was very difficult, yeah, very difficult. So when door. I started <clears throat> Yeah, I had a chief of staff when I started who I thought, brilliant, I'll take this role because the difference between my first role and this one is I've got someone between me and the principal and yeah. uh, that lasted all of two months. So, um, wow. yeah, it was a, it really was a tricky role. But having said that, it, I learned so much in it. Mm. 
And what do you think your biggest hurdle um, was going into a private family office like this, um, where you then lost that, like you said, almost not your mentor, but somebody to protect you and sort of be that go-between? What was the biggest hurdle you got over once that chief of staff left? Did you did you step up to that or did it give was, you more insight into yeah. more access to your boss or definitely um, a lot more access um, and it it was really hard it was really hard because it was a tricky individual um, a really hard person to deal with the expectations were extremely high mm. um, but yeah it was one it was managing expectations that was a big hurdle I think that's with any PA role is you're dealing with very affluent people who have a lot of money to spend and they expect the best of the best and they wanted mm. it yesterday that's kind of the mm. attitude that you yes. have to deal with and that can be really hard um and to soften the blow sometimes can be difficult mm. but you've always got to have a plan b in place that's what i've learned throughout there's always gonna be a plan yes. b um yes. to soften nothing, that blow is a bit not, <laughs> nothing is not possible you've always got to have another exactly. another sleep Steve and you did that was it for two years that role a year and a, a year and a half that role was a year um yeah. that was a year. it was a hard year, <laughs> really hard year. Yeah. but um yeah looking back it did teach me so much yeah super and before we talk about your current role which I think mm. personally I feel that you found sort of the, the, the right the right place for you yes. um just going back to university and, and doing that placement year how how would you describe that? What what were you again your main takeaways from that? Just from our audience of candidates that may be embarking on university and thinking about a PA role at the end, or how did that help you in in the job search when you came out of university, having that year under your belt already? And, and actually, yeah. you've always done quite a lot of work experience as well, yes, um, exactly. in your days as well. So, what kind of what tips or what could what could you share that would help our listeners? Mm, I think yeah, if you can do an industry, I think absolutely do it because it's invaluable like I say when I went I was very sure in my head what I wanted to do and you have a very glamorous idea of some of these companies and what they're offering and you can see yourself in your suit walking in and all of this and you know it's it's very different reality and I think what you learn at university as well is also very different to what a real life working environment is like and you only realize that when when I got my own industry I just hang on this is what sitting in office for nine hours a day looks like and staring at a computer for nine hours a day looks like and no thank you (laughs) no thank you exactly and um yeah I, I find it absolutely crazy that when I was at university I thought sitting down and writing an essay for two hours was hard work you know what staring at my computer and then you're sat nine hours a day looking at it so um it prepared me beyond belief for the real working working world um I think going straight from university straight into a job I think is quite a big step for anybody um mm. without having that experience under their belt to start with and it immediately sets you ahead of your peers as well yes well, you've all you've you're a second jobber. You've done exactly. the year. You're ready for the next step. So I know I think it's I think it's a brilliant idea. And I think um, when we come across candidates who've done that, it really does put you again up against your peers and one step yeah. ahead. So I think that's that's a really good point. Um, what would you say has been your biggest achievement as a PA? Oh, I I don't think I've got one big achievement. I would say. Um, like to like a moment that I can say was a good achievement but I would say my last role was overall an achievement to have stayed there even for that year um because people yeah left so soon after they joined there um it that for me I think sticking that out was my biggest achievement 
Yes, I, I I agree with you. And I think that just shows pure grit <laughs> and resilience. And that's what it taught me as yeah. well, is resilience. Yeah. And I think um, when you work with the most difficult, tricky people and you can still, I don't know, still turn up with a smile and not let it get to you. And I think that's yes. really important kind of role. You can't be easily, I don't know, you can't, can't get emotional, you can't mm. falter. And I think um, if I look back to my first role and how, I guess I'd go away from work in the evening. I let it really get to me. And, and you can't mm. in this because mm. it is tricky. And I think from that role now that I've done, nothing can really come close to that in terms of how difficult it was. And I've and I've dealt with the yeah, the worst working environment. So anything after that now is kind of you know, it's easy. It's no it's no problem. I that's a really, really good point. And we get, uh, I mean, you get this in any sort of office environment, or mainly I think EAs and PAs, but how did you leave it at the door? when you're working for an ultra high net worth, and I'd imagine it was quite a 24 seven type role as well. How do you leave the, the door and make sure that it's not affecting you and doesn't cross over into your personal life or take it personally or be emotional? What was, what was, what would be your advice? For me, I would say that it's not necessarily a personal insult to you. You need to stop seeing it as personal. It's mm. the character themselves. And when you, these kind of people tend to have it, not just like you against everybody, you know, whether it's contractors yeah. coming into the home or anybody. So it's it's just their character. It's not, and you, you can't take it personally. And mm. Mm. well, one thing for me I used to love doing is I, my kind of non-negotiable every day is I go out on a walk at lunchtime. And it just, for me, is just a reset because so, I think you can get very het up about something when you're on the phone to your boss all the time or, you know, you're getting emails constantly and you've had a bad meeting with them and just getting out, going for getting a walk, mm. being perspective and be like, you know what, in the grand scheme of things in this world, it doesn't matter. You know, it's a great tip. I try and so do cool. that every January. <laughs> I'm going to do that every day because I've got a dog and then by March, <laughs> mm, slightly faltering. And do you still do that now, Joy? I do. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so talk to us about your current role, because um, I know you only started that, what, about eight months ago? Is that about right? Yeah, May so last you're year. Yeah, so you're currently working for someone who's in the public eye. Um, so to tell us about your role and what you're doing, how you started. Yeah, so I came into this role working um, as a PA uh, for this individual, and uh, she's a businesswoman and media personality. So she already had a business before I started started and was setting up a new one kind of at the point that I was joining the company um so started off as a PA and that role has uh, yeah kind of just got bigger and bigger really um it's very different to when I started so I kind of now head up operations for the startup that she has which is hugely exciting it's right up my street I'm yeah, just doing everything and anything, to be honest, uh, to make this business work and to ensure it runs properly every day. And it's just a really exciting thing to be part of. That's amazing. So you've always taken all your skill set and everything you've learned, you know, since sort of since university and all the roles since. Yeah. And you've honed that into a role where you've got autonomy and you make decisions. You're obviously utilising your marketing background, but still her business assistant al alongside that. Or have you moved away from that a bit? Yeah, it's still a little bit. I'd say I'm still resistant slightly, but um, yeah, it's moving away just because this role is just, it, what the business needs is just so full yeah. on. Um, yeah. It's taking all my time. So yeah, I've kind of moved away from that slightly and is, I'd say 95% of my time now is spent on the startup, um, which yeah, I love business. I love everything about it. I think it's just so exciting to be part of something and to grow something from the ground up. Yeah. Um, so exciting. I, yeah, really exciting, yeah. Yeah. 
And and are we allowed to know what this is? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this it's a, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a new dog food startup, and it's um, in the raw dog food space. It's an industry which is growing exponentially. To be honest, it's um, there's just so many exciting things happening in it, and it's an industry that I didn't know anything about, mm. and I'm just learning every day and Wonderful. meeting people in the industry as well, and just learning from them. It's yeah, it's brilliant. Lovely, and I think actually we've got your brand on our links directory. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think if anyone's listening to this is interested, no, this is Georgia Toffolo's brand. Yes. That's right, isn't it? And it's called Wild Pack. Wild Pack, yes. Yeah. So if you want more information, please do look at our directory. It is on there. Um, so what advice would you give to a young PA starting out their career? Literally, they've finished Secretary College or they finished school or they've done a degree and they want to be a PA, an EA, etc. What what would be the best piece of advice you'd give to a sort of 20-year-old? So I would say when, when you're looking for a role, you need to really research that role. I wish I spent more time researching my first role. I think I was just so excited to just get my first role and jump straight in and didn't do the background research that I should have done, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I, I think you always need to ask questions. You know, if, for example, you're going into a role like my second role where people have left, question why they left what was the reason and don't take the first answer you get because often that's not correct you know it's (laughs) there's a reason why there's nobody left in the office you know (laughs) this is spoken like a truly scarred PA working for a difficult (laughs) boss (laughs) but you're absolutely right you know if if someone's left after a few months you know hmm, you've got to question that got to question it and if and if it's too good to be true if the pay is too good to be true there's a reason why it's too good to be true we call it yes (laughs) exactly so um yeah yeah, just really do your research um into the role you're going into I think it's because it takes so long to understand your client as well you get if it's not the right role and and you've wasted those three Mm. months it's a real shame and longevity again is really important on your cv when you're working yes. with people and they look for that so you don't want to be chopping and changing every few months no. because the role you, you took was incorrect you mentioned that you used an agency um for, for roles and did you feel that you got honest um insightful information about about the roles and the person you're working for because that's something that we are so brutally aware of at Bain and Gray yeah. and making sure that you know there are roles that aren't for everybody but as long as we're communicating and completely transparent did you feel that you were given the right support and resources to know about roles you were going into? Um, I think my first one yes and I had a t- chance to really meet the family that I was going to work for um, I think I still just got a little bit ahead of myself but um, I think I was given the right resources then the second one definitely not um, oh. it was very cloudy the person I was going to work for um Mm. and yeah the background wasn't given I spoke to another recruitment agency actually after I'd taken that role and they were like I just can't believe that you worked for that individual and they're like we would never we would never represent him for example because of the way the work environment is and I that's yeah that for me was quite an eye-opener yeah and actually a learning curve as well is to to push back ask questions work with agencies that are trusted that have been referred to yeah absolutely and um a couple of sort of key um questions now um what makes your day easier and what or who couldn't you live without so, like I say, my walk definitely makes my day easier. <laughs> I think it, yeah. it just sets me up for the art. I have one before I go to work. And, like, during my lunchtime, I try and get out and just clear my head. And that sets me yeah. up for the afternoon. And yeah. then I would say my mum's a really good sounding board. So often I'll FaceTime her on my lunch break. 
and you know all the worries go away that is so lovely <laughs> and as a mother I really hope that my children are able to do that when they go into their first job oh gosh that's so lovely I was expecting I mean, to have like not my great. iPhone probably, yeah no no they probably need winding down the phone <laughs> <laughs> but mums are always there forever um and um this is a really crucial question that I ask everyone that I do um, to do Links Presents with. So how do you, how different do you think the role of the EA, the PA will differ in 10 years? Oh, that's a tricky question. I think it's going to become more remote. Um, I think that the private office setup will diversify a little bit more where I think that principals will potentially be using, have a larger, I guess, uh, roster of people they can call on to, like remotely so that with people with specific skills because I can see in my role now how we, we call on people like freelance all the time because mm. to, to get a broad range of skills and I think that's the way I think private family offices are quite old-fashioned in their setup um, and having one person on a huge salary who can't do everything a, yeah exactly yeah. I think yeah. more specialized skill sets will be required and yeah you can get those more easily and more accessibly by um, yes. acting digitally. And I think also sort of moving on, uh, sort of building on that, um, PAs, EAs, they've been used so much more than what they yeah. were used to because of technology um, and AI. Exactly. You know, you, people now use their own inbox and diary, et cetera. It's moving away from that. It's so much more. Um, so I think that's, I, I, I really agree with you, actually. And I, I, you know, the PA and the EA and the assistant, they'll always be required, but it's just... Yeah diversifying that role broadening it building people's strengths uh which is really exciting I mean you've sort of totally. done it yourself <laughs> yeah and even, um, and even nice which is amazing well. yeah but even my um colleagues that I've worked with before I think it's even the way that people want to work like ourselves want to work now and I, I've had you know because can have a number of people that I can think of that don't want to be in the office five days a week and they want to have that flexibility to travel yeah. and work and to work from home a bit and yeah the traditional quite stuffy roles we're in a family office five days a week regardless mm. I think are going to be yeah because I think they're going to become far and few between yeah there's a place for them for some industries but like you said dependent on sector or individual I think there is change afoot and I think yeah. COVID sort of pushed started that trend um and we're now seeing such a broad spectrum which is great because you know everyone's different everyone wants different types of roles so um oh joy it's been a joy to talk to you I I (laughs) had to say that you must hear that all the time but I I, I'm so impressed with what you've achieved and where you've worked um and it's so lovely to see that you've ended up in a role that's clearly so so right for you um in so many ways um and I'm so excited to perhaps regroup with you you know in a couple of years time see where you are then because I have a feeling this is just the start for you so thank you very very much thank you take care bye-bye all right thank you bye